Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by my fellow friar, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full Full of of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Today we're going to speak about the holy angels of God. The Lord gives us, amazingly, even though they're far greater than us in their intellect and in their power, uh, spiritual beings, angels, who are given to us by God to watch over us, to guide us, and to bring his messages of truth to us. In fact, the name angel um, from from the Greek angelos means the messenger, the one who brings a message. Uh, but we know that in addition to bringing the messages of the good news, as St. Gabriel did um, to Our Lady, St. Gabriel, the patron of this radio station here in Columbus, we know that the angels um, are very active throughout our life in ways that we mostly just don't know and may never know until we, we God willing, are with them and with the saints in the beatific vision in paradise. So, Father Hayes, um, what are some of the earliest memories you have about learning about the angels, and how does that compare to what you know about the angels now? Well, I would hope I know a little more than I know when I was five. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I hope I would know a little more than I do than I did when I was five. But the, uh, I'd say, you know, when I was growing up, we used to have a little uh, picture over my bed, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with the guardian angel uh, holding the hand of the little boy c- crossing the street, you know, mm-hmm. sort of all sugary color, you know, candy colors, you know, pastels. Well, that's your kind of your personality, right, Father Hayes? That's Very right. sugary and candy coat. That's right. Well, no, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I think. Um, but, um, and I would say, you know, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day, be at my guide. To guard, ward, to rule, and guide. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, but as you get further on, you discover exactly how busy they are. <laughs> <laughs> Especially um, through adolescence, right? Oh well, yeah. There's a couple of times there when I know I was protected by the holy angels, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a, a, a car accident when I was uh, in college, you know, mm. going at part of a wedding. I was in the passenger seat, you know. We, all of us were playing, driving through pea soup fogs on the in the small Cape Cod roads, and all of a sudden we weren't on the road that the driver thought we were on. And we have a there's a whole range of pine trees in front of us as we're flying through the air in the station wagon. And oh wow! You know, I'm I was really glad when I woke up that I was able to remember the first few words of the act of contrition and so forth. But mm. you know, it's it's that kind of thing. I didn't have a scratch on me. Wow! You know, uh, but. I was, you know, uh, 
then uh, there's, um, you know, in the course of my ministry, too, I've been shot at twice. I've had knives pulled on me three times in the course of 32 years of priesthood. And uh, I'm safe. I have, I've been kept wonderfully safe. But I mm-hmm. think the other, the thing we don't appreciate is the other levels at which they help us, because we usually think of physical protection. Mm-hmm. But, you know, St. Paul calls us, you know, we're, 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 we're creatures that extend through a variety of realms. So there's also the whole psychic and psychological and emotional life. There is also the, um, there's also the spiritual life. You know? So if you think about, as I said, the emotions, the, our reactions, our words in this, in this life of the soul, then you can also look at meaning and purpose on the spiritual life. And are we guarded? Are we warded? I think so. You know, I, I, do, I do know that uh, I've always had a love for the holy angels, mm-hmm. and I, I do invoke them frequently. And I think, um, I think that's a good devotion to have. But the interesting stuff, of course, as always, is if you want the stuff, don't go to anecdotes. Go to the Word of God itself right. and see what the holy angels are saying uh, to us through the scriptures. So what are some examples of that in the scriptures? Well, two are really, uh, to do excellent examples are the ones that are in the Mass for the Holy Guardian Angels, which happens to be the date of the recording of this program. Uh, and uh, one is Christ, you know, talking about who, you know, the, what it is to be great in the kingdom of heaven. And he stands a child before, next to him, and he says, you know, uh, don't disrespect him, you know, uh, because uh, the... The angels of these little ones face for constantly have their face turned to God in the heaven mm. in heaven, mm-hmm. and um, and so there is a sense in which we have this double vision of the angelic work. One of which is interceding for us, because one of the works of the angels is, of course, prayer, mm-hmm. and the other is uh, you know to w- with us for us unto us. Uh, Theologians sometimes divide the angel, the angelic choirs into at least two divisions. Now you can, there's nine choirs. I don't want to get into that particular division, but uh, you know, ministering angels and do, and uh, d- angels having dominion. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it's, you know, you might look at this having a a more more than or less than kind of quality for each kind of them. Uh, so the high angels like the seraphim and cherubim. Their whole de- their whole devotion is to the worship of God, the focus on God. The cherub- the seraphim, for instance, the burning ones, was what their main name implies. Look upon the un- glory of the uncreated God, and themselves are transformed into a kind of fiery glory. At least according mm-hmm. to the the way we they present themselves in the scriptures. It mm-hmm. was a seraph who appeared to uh, Saint Francis and left him with a stigmata. Mm-hmm. There is the uh, now, the angels who have dominion, this would seem to be an awful lot of them. And there's words in the scripture that suggest that uh, these angels have specific purposes with regard to the good order in the universe. So sometimes you'll see uh, in Catholic art, especially angels moving the stars through the sky. Hmm. But in the scriptures, we find them actually explicitly uh, ruling over individuals. Right. So you, for instance, uh, each nation is supposed to have a uh, a ruling angel, mm-hmm. and so the Book of Daniel talks about the king of Greece and the and the prince of Persia as the angels of one kind or another, who uh, seem to be charged with the uh, a certain dominion over 
the world. Maybe maybe the same thing is true of, you know, the various species of animals and so forth, but that's my speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is true is, as I said by the word of Christ, each one of us has an angel guardian. And uh, and we do see this, the use of angel guardians in the in the scriptures for other purposes. For instance, um, the other reading is from the book of Exodus, and, ta- and this is uh, Exodus 23, I believe, where God uh, says at Sinai to Moses uh, that the, they are to follow, uh, you know, to follow his angel. The text reads, uh, if you'll bear with me. Behold, I sent an angel before you. This is uh, 23... Uh, chapter 23, verse 20 and following. Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. Give heed to him and hearken to his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you would hearken attentively to his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hevites and the Jebusites, and I blot them out, you shall not bow down to their gods, etc. Okay, so um, he, he, I think we, we can, it's pretty clear in our minds that the guardian angels guard us. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we emphasize much this idea that they are to bring us to glory, mm-hmm. that they're accompanying us on the way. Right. That they're not just warding us in, a, in sort of a stationary, passive way, but there is a sense in which they are the caravan guards as we make our mm. way through the deserts of this world towards the holy city above the stars. Right. Yeah, Christ said the, you know, the, the road to life is narrow mm-hmm. and steep, you know, yeah. and, and so the so, angels mm-hmm. help us on yeah. that narrow and steep road, you know, think, help to keep us from falling and help yeah. to— I think sometimes, especially when we're in temptation, they will get a whisper to move us in the right direction towards mm-hmm. virtue rather than vice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe a spiritual, you can read this, this mention of those tribes, which traditionally in spiritual theology represent the various sins, mm-hmm. which then we're called to conquer. Right. You know, which are called to conquer, and the angels are with us to do battle, it seems. Right. To lead us up to... That final conquest. It's interesting that the Jebusites, I think, are the last tribe named hmm. because they are the last tribe defeated. The last city to be taken in the conquest of Israel was Jerusalem, hmm. which was held by the Jebusites. Mm-hmm. Now that's not that's and it's David who uh, who finishes the conquest of the mm-hmm. Holy Land. Uh, so I think it's it may be now. What is the what is the final what is the final sin to be conquered? Probably the first of the capital sins, that pride that mm-hmm. you know is the agent and moving part that enables all the other sins that flow from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the angels accompany us, um, and I, I like to reflect on how you know someone might ask themselves the question, you know, well, can't God just accompany us mm-hmm. directly by Himself? You know, doesn't He, you know? God being all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, um, you know, far greater than us, far greater than the angels. Couldn't he just take this very little task of guiding us to himself, you know? But um, but one of the great um, mysteries and wonders of our faith is that God, even though he doesn't need the help of his creatures, you know, delights in overflowing uh, his own 
his own his own life and giving life to others, um, not only human, you know, animals and other beings, but also spiritual beings, you know, the right. angels. And just as he likes to involve human persons uh, in in his in his work of making all things new, in his work of of uh, of of, of, the, of his unfolding of his plan of salvation. So he also has work for the spiritual beings to do as well. Um, we see that in Scripture sometimes it's it's an angel that 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 gives a message to someone. Like right. the uh, perhaps that perhaps in some cases in Scripture that's just because um, you know a person couldn't bear the sight of God, you know himself. But but he sends an angel instead for their own protection. But but he seems to delight in filling all creation. Um, with not just the minimum that's needed to make it go, um, but mm-hmm. the maximum. Um, I, I know. I think in the Middle Ages, people believed that every possible space in the world was filled with with life or creatures of some kind. You know, mm-hmm. just as they reason that just as the Earth was filled with, you know, all kinds of things that live, even very tiny things. You know, and and there's and land is filled with plants and, and the animals, mm-hmm. humanity. So they thought the air and the heavens were filled with the spirits, you know, those beings that were non-bodily, right. that and moved I, the, the spheres and the stars. Yeah, And Dante the other thing said. is that the angels are rational spirits as we are. Mm-hmm. So um, they are the pure spirits, we are the bodied spirits. But there is a sense in which, I think, uh, for the rational spirits, there is an appropriateness that if we who can know and love, uh, we should know and love after the fashion of God himself. In mm-hmm. other words, that we were, you know, Scripture plainly says human beings are made in the image and likeness of God. Well, what is that? And I think it's part of it is what we're called to, and that is a, the kind of self-emptying, kenotic love that God shows in himself, the self-emptying love mm-hmm. that uh, for our sake and our for, for our salvation caused the eternal Son to set aside the glory of his divinity and take flesh of the Virgin and become one of us in poverty, obscurity, in pain, mm-hmm. in all, you know, bathed in all the evil this world bathes us in. But he empties himself that he become our servant, mm-hmm. that the God who is our king has become the one who serves us and serves us mightily. Should not his rational creatures reflect that? Mm-hmm. And so you have these high spirits spending their time and spending their e- e- eons uh, serving creatures that are plainly lower as we are. Mm-hmm. They are stronger, more powerful, more intelligent, more knowing. Uh, they have a radically different existence than us. As I've said many times, you know, I, I, would, I still prefer to be a human rather than an angel. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, uh, an angel may be able to appreciate a stake, you know, <laughs> intellectually and theologically down to its last atom. I'd still rather be able to stink, sink my teeth into it in a way that uh, the angel can't, because an angel doesn't have the teeth. Well, hold that thought for a second, Father. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio today by my my brother, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and we've been discussing the holy angels, um, how they um, bring the message of God to us, uh, how they protect us, even the littlest ones, um, how they uh, accompany us on our path um, toward eternal life. And we were also talking about how they 
they image the very self-emptying love of 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 the Son of God who took on our nature mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and poured out His life for us, made Himself um, to be a servant, a suffering servant, um, and only then um, did He rise from the dead, um, ushering us toward the now open gates of paradise. Um, but you were just saying, Father, that you'd rather be <laughs> in your own human nature than a, that, than an angel, angelic nature because angels can't quite enjoy a nice juicy steak. Well, among other things, you know, I mean, uh, there's, uh, yeah, there's a richness in being human being that, you know, that angels have a different richness and intensity. Mm-hmm. But it's an alien one to us. I mean, I think sometimes right. we forget that although we portray them in human form, they are pure spirits and mm-hmm. utterly inhuman, utterly radically different beings than we are. You know, right. Is there alien life out there? Absolutely. You know, it's the it's the whole world of the pure spirits. Mm. But uh, but I think even there, you know, they they're they're portrayed as servants and guards. So sometimes even the high ones. You know, I, I was saying that cherubim and seraphim seem to have be in the scriptures focused on the worship of the God Most High. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there is a burning angel standing guarding the way to, uh, the, guarding the tree of life, says the scripture, mm, right. since the sin of our first Adams, and it's also guarded by the cherubim. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's interesting. So what's that all about, and have things changed? It's, they're to guard the tree of life, which was the tree of our, our immortality that our first parents refused. Mm-hmm. I'm suggesting now that that, inst- that that when they talk about guarding the road, it's a road that's now open. Right. Okay? Because we have a new messenger who has come not as, you know, the pure angel, but comes in the flesh bearing the fire of the Holy Spirit upon himself, and that mm-hmm. is our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now you can guard a road two ways. You can guard it to keep it shut. Right. But you can guard it to make it stay open. Right. You know, and the four cherubs are... Um, are, the cherubim are frequently portrayed as the four voice, the four cherubim as the four voices of the four canonical gospels. Hmm. You know, I mean, Ezekiel sees each with four heads and is visioned by the river Kabar. In the book of Revelation, each of the angels, uh, these four angels of Revelation, have a different head. We've we've sort of taken that image and applied them to the gospel. You know, according mm-hmm. they began with Matthew, beginning with the 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 one with the angels. The uh, human head, the angel with the human head, because he begins with our Lord's genealogy. Uh, Mark with uh, the lion of John, representing John the Baptist, roaring the truth of God in the desert. You have Luke, uh, who quotes Isaiah about the ox and uh, ass, find, knowing their, their master in the stable, and begins, of course, with the infancy narrative of, mm-hmm. Beth, of Bethlehem. And then the high-flying theology of John that sees everything from the beginning of the world to the end of it in a single theological vision represented by the high-flying eagle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so these angels, you know, they guard the truth and they open the truth. They keep the road open to us. And uh, as I said, you can see the, the four voices of the four canonical gospels doing the same way. Mm-hmm. You have a, a witness, you know, the voice... In the present age of grace, of course, in the Old Testament, all this ministry was done by the holy angels, the body of the spirits, who sometimes appear in one, sometimes terrifying forms or in other. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pillar of fire and cloud, the the wild visions of Ezekiel, the wheels were covered with eyes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the present age, you know, we have been graced with um, a service of the angels that is always shaped according to the Lord's incarnation. Not only does he now send human messengers, angeloi, mm-hmm. you know, in the person of the bishops and priests and deacons who proclaim the word of truth, but also even the angels when they appear, as at the uh, at the ascension, they appear or the tomb, they appear as young men, right. you know, robed in white, you know, mm-hmm. after the pattern of our own, our Lord's own incarnation. That has changed completely, not only our world, but even it would seem the world of the angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, I was thinking you mentioned about how there was an angel that guarded the tree of life in mm-hmm. the Garden of Paradise when our first parents turned away from God um, in the original sin. And so at the empty tomb, there is an angel this time not guarding mm-hmm. you know, the tomb, but, but letting them see the tomb and, and, and directing go, you know. He, and opening he, it up. Opening one, up the tomb, yeah, right. right. And then directing them to find him in Galilee. Right. You know, go, go to him, you will find him mm-hmm. in, in Galilee. And actually he ends up finding them you know, in, in the Gospels. But, but the angels are now, um, in a way, hastening the disciples toward, you know, the fruit of the tree of life. That's right. You know, the, the tree in, of the garden, you know, bore the fruit that was, was, was guarded from them. And now the tree in, at Golgotha, mm-hmm. you know, the fruit is now mm-hmm. risen and alive and, and life-giving. And so they're, they're, hur- they're hurrying the apostles toward that, that, that life. As the first Vespers, I think it's week one, says, see how the tree, how the cross of the Lord is revealed as the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of other times you've found angels in the in the life of Christ. I mean, there's the angels in the beginning, you know, directing the shepherds mm-hmm. <clears throat> toward the newborn king who otherwise would have been mm-hmm. unrecognizable as anything other than an ordinary human baby, you know. Well, you might also pay attention to the angels in the life of the church, Mm-hmm. Because they appear again and again in the Acts of the Apostles. Oh, right. You know, right. Rescue, you know, freeing the apostles from prison, mm-hmm. uh, opening up possibilities for them. The gates simply open up before them. Graces happen. Miracles happen mm-hmm. uh, through the ministry of the holy angels. As And so now heaven and earth are joined mm-hmm. in a common work of making Jesus Christ known, of shedding his grace into the world and opening up the whole world to the truth that we have in him who for our sake has become one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's right. The angels release some of the apostles from prison, you know, right. after they're imprisoned. Um, where else do we see them in the in the New Testament? Well, I mean, you've got Revelation, of course, which right. I mentioned. And um, I do think, you know, Hebrews mentions the difference, the liturgy mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, coming not to Sinai, with its, you know, gloomy clouds and, mm-hmm. you know, the b- b- booming voice, you know, that thou shalt not, with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, do not even come close, even a, even cattle who touch the mountain must be slaughtered, mm-hmm. a, a violation of holy things. But rather, we've come to the New Jerusalem, you know, to the church, uh, to the holy angels, you know, gathered in festal garments. Mm, right. And so heaven and earth is joined. And you might think of this every time we... We celebrate Mass, you know, the heaven and earth are joined. Right. We are attended not merely by the presence of the saints, but by the holy angels. You know, in the, uh, in the Byzantine rite, there is a prayer of entrance, you know, when you come out with the Gospels and, you know, 
a master and Lord, our God, who have created the ranks and choirs of angels and archangels to minister your glory at our entrance. Let the holy angels enter also to worship with us hmm. and with us to minister to your goodness. For all honor, glory, and worship is your due. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and always and forever and hmm. ever. Amen. Wow. Yes, that's a beautiful um, testimony to, the, to their presence, especially in the Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Roman Rite, I know we, pay, we mostly mention them in the... Uh, the very end of the preface. One of the ones that I think is interesting we don't pay much attention to is in the first Eucharistic prayer when we ask the Lord to take this sacrifice right. of the altar mm-hmm. to, you know, to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, it's a capital A, so one could say, well, is this Christ who's offering? But there is actually a tradition, the Coptic Church has it specifically, of the angel of the sacrifice, that mm-hmm. as all orderings, in a sense, have some angel ruling over it, so does even the shape of the liturgy. Hmm. Right. That the angels who always look on the face of God, mm-hmm. you know, are looking on the face of God, right. you know, who is becoming present on the altar and, and who are guiding us and assisting us in our, in our worship um, to, uh, so that they, we might become more, more like them. And part of the, become, the action of grace, the sacrifice of praise, as we call it, that the Mass is. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I've been joined in the studio today by my fellow friar, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's end now on our prayer to St. Dominic. O light light of of the church, church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sancti.